Welcome to the C3 Eastern Suburbs podcast. We're glad to have you tune in today and hope this message blesses you. If you'd like to visit, we meet in Glen Innes, Auckland on Sundays at 10am. You can also find us on www.c3easternsuburbs.org.nz. Enjoy the message. Okay, so COVID-19. If you had told me this time last year that uh, our world would suddenly be joined in a global way like we have never been joined before, where country upon country would be literally shut down, where suddenly our kids are at home and doing online schooling for eight weeks or five weeks or whatever it was, it felt like it felt like years actually, that we were battling a virus that I'd never heard of before. I would never believe you. To think that I would become so familiar with Zoom technology that it's just like, oh yeah, whatever. We're in the very beginning, I was like, oh, I will never understand or master this technology. But now it's just like, oh, you're Zooming? Yeah, yeah, Zoom. We'll Zoom it for a letter. I would never believe you. I would never believe that this church would literally become illegal to attend for eight weeks where we could have been fined and, and think we could, police could have come. I would never have believed that, that we would have to actually manage coming online for eight weeks. I would never believe that. And this is what we did as a community. This is what many communities all over the world are still doing. But we managed to take the unexpected and we made it happen. We had unbelievable surprises in our congregation where we had people that I didn't realise were sitting here with our skills that we would need for COVID-19, i.e. Ollie, she he suddenly found that he had actually IT skills that Glenn lacked. And <laughs> we didn't know. He was sitting here this whole time. We did not know these skills. I didn't know that we had these rising MCs with Kayla and Rain who did a beautiful job in presenting uh, one of our uh, online services. I didn't know that. So out of that time came these wonderful uh, unexpected surprises. But suddenly all over the world, church online, we come and uh, all these memes and funny things started coming up on social media, but we all laughed because we all got it. The whole world got these same memes. I like this one. Pastor, it'll be the year of 2020 vision. You know how pastors like to throw that one out. Allow something unexpected. So, I love that. Um, suddenly, this, saying the thing that God works in mysterious ways became incredibly apt. And so today we are finishing off our Back to Life series with the story of Lazarus. Am I saying that right? I always say Lazarus? Yeah. Yes, some, I keep calling him Lazarus. Lazarus. Um, and this is an interesting insight into God's nature versus our human nature. So too often we look for God to move in a, way, a certain way when he will unexpectedly move in another. And it's almost like we think he's like a genie where we rub this lamp, say the magic words, and we expect that God will move exactly how we want him to move. We box him in because it feels safer to us. Because as humans, we love routine. We love the familiarity. When you have a newborn baby, you just want them to be in routine, you know, feeding at this time, going down to sleep, waking, feeding, playing, going back down to sleep. You want that, don't we? But unfortunately, Amelia's not really getting that at the moment. <laughs> You're not getting that. Uh, but we want that because that makes us feel safer. But the story of Lazarus spells the whole idea. Jesus demonstrates in this story who ultimately is in control, who holds the power of heaven and earth. And so we're going to retell the story of Lazarus. And instead of me reading it to 
you because we've got children here. I thought we'd do it cartoon style. So we are going to have a cartoon. It's good. I think it's good to go. Oh, it's going. So I stopped it there because it goes on. It's a good story, but let's keep going, right? I, I tell you what, the funniest thing, trying to find a video that actually depicted the characters as they were, like a non-white people. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Interesting, isn't it? Anyway, um, so some things I read through the story and there were some things that really stood out from me from the story um, as I was reading through it. So I'm just going to bring some of those. So for me, first of all, send out the SOS. So John 11, 2, 3 says in the very beginning, in the very first four, uh, verses, one day Lazarus became very sick to the point of death. So his sister sent a message to Jesus. So Lazarus becomes super unwell and Mary and Martha, his sisters, knew that their answer laid in Jesus. Now we don't read that um, a doctor was called or medicine was administered, although some of those things may have happened. But what was important in the text clearly is Jesus is sent for, a message is sent for Jesus. And I think that's what we need to do is think about somebody acting on behalf of Lazarus who was so sick, so near to the point of death that he needed somebody to send a message on his behalf. And remembering that Mary and Martha and Lazarus had had such a close relationship with Jesus. Mary would be the one who goes on and pours out the expensive perfume and washes Jesus' feet with her hair. So that really shows an act of intimacy, an act of acknowledgement of respect and honour for him. Hence, Jesus was their go-to guy. So right off the bat, we're reading in the story about the importance of having people around you who can send out a message on your behalf when you can't do it. Um, We need people to be able to sometimes stand in the gap for us when we're unable to. So Lazarus was obviously too sick, so he needed Mary and Martha to send out that pitch, uh, send out that message. And I want to ask you, when have you had times in your life when you have been unable to either articulate a prayer request or ask for help, but people who have come around you have sensed that, have known it, and have automatically have stood in that gap. And I often, if you've heard my story before, I often talk about when we had repeated miscarriages, how at the point after the third one, fourth one, I felt no longer able to even utter a prayer. Such was my devastation, such was my disappointment in not seeing God move the way I expected it. But... I had incredible friends. I had an incredible husband who stood around me and they prayed until I was able to start to utter again. And that was unbelievably powerful and it spoke volumes to me to know that I had friends who were standing in that gap until I could come to the point to try again. Uh, There's this man here. He's a Utah man. And uh, just, just January... In 2020, he got rescued after a fire um, burnt down his house. It killed his dog, took his clothes, most of his food. And so he was actually on the point of really probably not going to survive much longer. So he's out in the wilderness, as you can see, and he's got this wonderful SOS sign. But of course, who knew to go looking for him? But his friends, his family asked the authorities to go and do a welfare check because they noticed they hadn't heard from him for over three weeks and they were becoming worried. Again, great SOS sign, but completely useless until his friends got in and asked the authorities to go and search for him and look for him. We need people around us sometimes to stand in that gap. We need people around us to send out an SOS message on our behalf. The expectation when Mary and Martha, of course, sent out their SOS message to Jesus was naturally, well, obviously, Jesus, you're going to drop everything you're doing and you're going to race back. 
heal my brother and we'll just get on with life. That I imagine would have been their expectation because they knew he was near death. And it's far easier to think that somebody can come and heal someone while they're still alive than someone who has died. Much, much easier. So I expect that would be the expectation. And this is when we move on to my second point, that God is not simply a tamed lion for us. So the story starts off with Jesus receiving the word that Lazarus was sick and near death, Martha expecting Jesus to drop everything and come back and heal her brother. And why? Because that's how she believed he worked. She had seen him do this before. She had seen miracles take place uh, in their everyday lives. So she just expected that's what he would do. And often we're in that same situation where we believe God will move and we feel an intense disappointment when God doesn't do it the way we expect. And some of us might even become to doubt, like I did with my miscarriages, I came to doubt that maybe God would ever, ever want me to have children. And we're now going to watch a video from um, C.S. Lewis's The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. And of course, Aslam the uh, Lion is descriptive of Jesus uh, in the story. We can tee that up. And I love that he's not a tamed lion. I think sometimes we almost see ourselves as the ringmaster, the circus master, demanding and, and seeing our tamed lion go through rings of fire at our request and at our demand. But in fact, Jesus is the lion in the tribe of Judah. He is not someone's tamed lion. He goes where he goes and he does what he does. Um, and I love the um, Isaiah 55, 8 to 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. And so many times we will hear of a people's amazing faith stories of God who turned up in unexpected ways, in ways that we didn't even presume or could think that he could turn up. And that more often is the norm than the not. So we are called to expect the unexpected. We are like sometimes like toddlers, right? Uh, we like routine. We prefer to know the formula. We like a book that tells us we do this, we do this, we do this, and then the outcome is this. We like that. That makes us have a sense of safety. It comforts us when we know what the response will be. But the thing is, right, just because we want something to happen in our timing doesn't mean that Jesus responds to our every demand request. And why? Because he is trying to grow us. He's trying to grow our faith. He's not a genie with a magic lamp that we rub and get what we want. Sure, he wants to bring us happiness and he wants to bring us peace and reassurance, but sometimes it will come in a different way, in a way that we least expect. But why does he not just simply do what we expect at the time we ask because it doesn't grow us. It doesn't create faith. It only satisfies the human part of us instead of the bigger picture of bringing glory to his name. Actually, in John's Gospel, uh, there are two other times where Jesus doesn't do what is asked of him straight away. And that is uh, in John 2 with the wedding feast, where, you know, when he's asked to turn water into wine, he actually in the beginning says, no, I won't do that. Uh, and then there's the other time in chapter 7 where the disciples ask him to go to Judea and perform miracles. And in each of the three cases, including Lazarus, Jesus responds in the same way. He at first refuses to grant their request, and then he fulfills it after showing them that he does things according to his timing and his will, not man. And so through these actions, Jesus demonstrates that his delays were not actual denials, but they were done in a way to bring a greater glory to God because he loves to do the unexpected. John 11 verse 14 says, Then Jesus made it plain to them, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm like, what? 
That's a horrible thing to say, Jesus. You could have been a little bit softer, a little bit kinder. But he goes on to say, because now you have the opportunity to see who I am so that you will learn to trust in me. And it's interesting to note that actually in the Jewish culture of the day, there was a superstitious thought that when someone passes away, that the soul or the spirit remains close to the grave for it it to be ready to return if that person was to be resurrected. So Jesus doesn't just say, oh, well, I won't come back in three days. He makes it four because he shows the impossibility of the very miracle he's about to perform. So the Jewish superstition is that it's only three days that that can be possible. But actually he goes, yeah, well, I'll just go one more. I'll make it really impossible (laughs) to resurrect. I love the fact he's such an extra God, right? He's just so extra. So God's goal is always much bigger picture than just responding to our crisis at a given time. He is not about always responding to our expectations. He is not always about living up to doing what we believe he'd do. He is all about revealing the greatness of the Son of God and bringing glory and praise to God. And he's kind of very much like a parent. So if you're a parent here, we've got this, uh, we often see that long-term goal of growing our very small humans into adult human beings who have resilience in them. And resilience doesn't come by repeated the same experiences because we get used to that. That becomes something we easy can do and we don't have to think about it. Resilience is, comes by having experiences that increase our capacity and things that are done in a different way because that builds us. And so that's kind of like what he's doing with us, uh, his children. And number four, the unwrap and let them loose. So just that, imagine seeing the kids like doing the unwrap and letting loose. So finally... Jesus arrives and is taken to the cave where Lazarus is entombed. And it talks in the Bible how he was overwhelmed with grief because he absolutely loved this family. He hated seeing Mary and Martha so devastated. He hated the fact that Lazarus had died. So he actually has that really intense emotional response on their behalf. But I also wonder, as I was thinking this morning, did he also have a sense of something so incredible about him, but I can't tell you. It's kind of like when you get a present for your child and you know how desperately they want it and you're kind of like, yeah, nah, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. Can't afford it, da-da-da. But you're like on the inside going, I've done it, I've got it. And you and they're like really disappointed and you're like, mm, it's really dumb, isn't it? It's so dumb, you can't have it. But on the inside, you're like, oh, I can't wait to see you tomorrow when you open it up. And just, I wonder if Jesus had that sense because he knew what he was going to do. Uh, I always plan to try and make it what I think he would have but I imagine he knows he's about to actually change this whole picture he knows that he is about to step in and their grief is about to turn into celebration their grief is about to turn into oh my word you are who you say you are so it must have been such a weird time of feeling grief struck for them but also like oh guys you wait to this in a moment I'm going to blow your mind uh, so Mary, so Martha rather, she's worried at this point when she leads Jesus there that she's worried that it's been too long post-death. But Jesus speaks to her heart and he causes her to recall her faith, the very words that she had spoken when he first arrived in Bethany. She'd said these words to him, but I know that if you were to ask God for anything, he would do it for you. So she'd had that time where she was able to articulate her faith. And sometimes we need to be reminded of our faith statements because it's easy to speak faith but it's harder to have it in the moment when you actually need to see it really do its thing and Jesus says didn't I tell you that if you believe in me you will see God unveil his power 
And I reckon he must have been excited right at this moment, knowing he was about to unveil such a big, big moment. And then in front of everyone, of course, Lazarus, who died four days earlier, slowly hobbles out, still has his grave clothes tightly wrapped around his hands and his feet, covering his face. Uh, Jesus says to them, unwrap him and let him loose. Now, at this point, I'm reading it and I'm going, why didn't he just do that big That would have been a moment, but obviously it's not toilet paper. He wasn't wrapped in toilet paper, so that would have been tricky, right? But actually, what I think is Jesus brought a miracle, but he actually still allowed the people to be a part of the miracle because he actually calls for the people around him who are gathered watching this event to unwrap, to actually help unwrap him. And I'm like, I love that about God. He does the miracle but he allows us to step into that miracle and be a part of it. He ha- we are called to unwrap him. I love that about God. And we get to be part of that story of salvation. And it goes on to say, from that day forward, many of those who'd come to visit Mary believed in him, for they had seen with their own eyes this amazing miracle. So as we draw to an ear of, uh, end of this service, I want us to remember the most amazing miracle of new life. And many of us here have experienced this salvation moment for ourselves where we've got to experience Jesus as he is for us today. And many of us have probably been a part of someone else's salvation moment, a part of someone else's story. Maybe we sent out the SOS on their behalf before they came to salvation. But it's always often not necessarily in the way that we always expect it. But that is the beauty of Christ. Back to Life is about being available to be a part of the SOS for call, uh, call for others around us, ensuring that we have people in place around us who can put out the SOS call should it be required. Back to Life is about keeping the perspective that God is not tamed by us, but rather we serve him, he doesn't serve us that he is in control, that he is creative, that he is surprising. And back to life is about expecting the unexpected, that our ways are not always his ways, but holding on to faith in a God who will ultimately bring glory to his name and who has us. And back to life is ultimately also being about being unwrapped and loosened to live this life in its fullness. And of course, allowing us to help unwrap others for their stories of new life. So today, we obviously will end this series on Back to Life, but the concept, of course, is never ending for us. Jesus is always about coming back, bringing back life. And in a time where our world will feel a bit shaky, a little bit scary, a little uncertain as it continues to go on throughout the um, world, we are here still with life within us. And Jesus, in spite of it all, brings life and will continue to bring life no matter what's happening around us. So over the last few weeks, if you've been here, we have talked and we've shared life stories from the Bible because we get to carry this, his heart and his message for others, this message of hope, of restoration, of new beginnings, of taking the unexpected and seeing God's hand move. We get to carry the hope, the love, the joy and the peace wherever we go. It's not just about it being here, but wherever we walk, we are carrying that with us. We walk in that truth. And as we leave here today, we do not stand on our own ability, but we stand in his power. And so I think what we'll do now is I'd like you to stand up. And I, 
I don't want us to leave without having a moment to be strengthened by his strength. And there'll be some here today that really just need the power of prayer around them. So if you are somebody who would like to have uh, some people to come around and just speak God's words into you, speak God's life into you, if you're at that point, could you just put your hand up? And I'd like us as congregational members to get around them and just actually speak God's life. Because there's no point coming in here hearing a nice message, playing a little game, and then leaving. The point of being here is being in the power of unity and having that opportunity to have people just pray over you, pray with you, stand with you. So if you are in that place where you would like prayer, could you just raise your hand and then the people around you will... Great, we've got some people over here. Yep, here, here. So if you're seeing somebody with their hand raised, can you guys just go over... Don't be weird and wacky. Just go over and speak God's love. Speak the um, strength of Christ to be in that person for whatever they're facing. Just go, just go do it. And the rest of you, just pray. Let's 